0: In a world where tomorrow's blockbusters reign,
1: three millennials look back on our generation's classics.
0: On our generation's classics.
1: Our generation's classics. And remember. Hey, everyone. Welcome to Millennials the Movie House, the podcast where three friends watch our generation's beloved movies of yesterday and review them from our modern adult perspective. I'm Betsy. I'm Tracy. And we have no Serena this week. She is. I was still be- waiting for that like delayed response. I know. And I'm Serena. No, uh, <laughs> she is not going to make it this week, but she will be back for the next episode. So today we are going to review Beetlejuice. Woo! Beetlejuice. 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 Oh, he didn't appear. I'd I'd, (laughs) I'd let Michael Keaton appear in my room. That's okay. Absolutely. (laughs) Um, 1988, directed by Tim Burton, written a story by Michael McDowell and Larry Wilson, screenplay by Michael McDowell and Warren Scarin, Starring Alec Baldwin, Gina Davis, Michael Keaton, Catherine O'Hara, Jeffrey Jones, and Winona Ryder. Quick synopsis. I feel like, is this like a did they know it was an all-star cast or was this before they no, all were I like I think this some of them I mean like Alec Baldwin was big at that time I think Gina Davis was big at that time Catherine O'Hara was not big on the scene and Winona Ryder was pretty young though she did I think she was established but she was still relatively young in her career yep. um but yeah now they're all like legendary yeah you know? yeah um but I was just, oh Michael Keaton had not done Batman yet This was pre, I think this was pre-Batman. Is it? Double check me on that. I'm gonna. (laughs) I'm gonna. (laughs) I'm gonna. (laughs) Let's see. 89. Oh. Yep. Okay. Which was also What was he in
0: before this, though? Yeah, it was. Or one of them was, at least.
1: Yeah. Uh, He was in Mr. Mom. Oh, God, yeah. Oh, who oh Johnny Dangerously yeah Johnny that sounds familiar I don't think I've ever actually seen you know that why though. it sounds familiar
0: is because why? I talk about this movie all the time yeah, and do. I've tried multiple times to make you all watch it and oh, I yeah. can't find it
1: anywhere really oh that's well, unfortunate
0: not like I can't find it like to stream anywhere
1: oh, and maybe that's too and maybe bad.
0: maybe that's making me a liar right now but I would I would highly I love that movie yeah
1: hang on all right let's now we're gonna fall down the rabbit hole right at the beginning <laughs> let me just take a quick gander see if i can find it anywhere because i mean i like michael keaton i'll watch yeah. him in anything yep. honestly
0: if i'm remembering my fun facts correctly mm-hmm. when tim burton or whoever did the casting asked michael keaton to do this it's not he was like anywhere yeah mm, oh. see? um michael keaton didn't want to do it because he's like I don't get it which understandably so but then somebody was like think Pee-wee's Herman's adventure yes and I think did did Tim
1: Burton do that I think I think Tim Burton did do a Pee-wee I think
0: he, yeah movie and then he was like th- then it clicked to him that it was just kind of that like bizarre humor type like over the top yeah and he was like okay
1: all right I'm in so and I I have to say I mean I mean, a lot of it is probably just fictional, but the more and more you hear about the more and more it's like, oh yeah, he did all of it by improv and it's, you know, it's completely, he completely made up this character. Yeah. Of course it's not. Of course he did. Yeah. (laughs) Um, But that said, I think it is true that it is his favorite role that he's ever done. And I mean, I can't fault him for that. (laughs) I have some issues actually
0: with Beetlejuice. Yeah. The character in what ways? All right. Let me preface this with I don't think I've ever watched this movie all the way through until now. Yeah. Okay. I have watched bits and clips of -hmm. of things when it was maybe on TV or VHS, probably very cut up and very cut up. And like, Mm -hmm. I remember the funny scenes or the song scenes, Mm -hmm. but the plot. Like, not that there's not that it's like this major plot, you know, whatever. But, and I remember, I thought Beetlejuice was kind of not, not a good guy, but I thought he was like the main character. Oh no, he's a bad and he's guy. He's not, he's a yeah. bad guy. He's a bad guy. And, I was and like, he has okay. like
1: 15 minutes of screen time. Yeah, that's
0: he's, it. he's yeah. barely in it. And I was, I was surprised by that, which I guess, you know, there are some movies where you're like, well, wow. I didn't realize that that was only a minor part of it. Mm-hmm. Um, and he was a sleazeball, like oh, yeah. total, absolutely like,
1: villainous. You, you hate I, him.
0: I thought you loved to hate him. And he and I wasn't like I know people do love to hate him, but I
1: didn't find him charming at all. I don't know. I know. I, I don't think you're supposed to. And OK, the reason that you hate him, but you love what Michael Keaton did with him yeah you think right. that, like was... he nailed that character he oh yeah did oh yeah so well with it yeah but he's such a sleazy character and like you're anxious with him because you yeah. don't trust him so yeah. much yeah but that's the point that's the point that, of that character. Uh, you know what so, and that's
0: fair and I yeah. actually forgot that that or didn't even know that that was part of the movie
1: <laughs> <laughs> well okay well speaking of Tracy go <laughs> all right
0: well um First off, totally forgot that Alec Baldwin and June Davis were even in this movie and lead characters. (laughs) Yep. Yep. Um, And they did a brilliant job. Yeah. So we have this this newly ish married couple.
1: Mm, Yeah.
0: I I don't know. I feel like they're kind of in their honeymoon phase a little bit,
1: but they weren't on their honeymoon. No,
0: no, no, no. So they had bought this old house and they were renovating it and just living the cute little married life. Mm -hmm. And one of the hobbies of Adam is he does miniatures. So they go to the store to go pick up a part that he needs because they you know, they're cute and want to go together, blah, blah, blah. And you know what I also love? I know this is a wicked tangent and whatever is there's no discussion of who's going to drive, but she's the one that gets in the driver's seat.
1: Right? Yeah. Yeah. Just Well, I think part of it is because she pulls over, he jumps out. That's fair. That's fair. But still, I anyway. Yeah, no, she was driving. Well, (laughs) except that she crashed.
0: Yeah. So spoilers bet. <laughs> Sorry. They <laughs> crash their car and fall into um, a, a river or something and mm-hmm. die. They don't know this, though. And they go back home and they find a book that says handbook for the recently deceased. Diseased. No, deceased. Yeah. Yeah. Deceased. Yeah. yeah.
1: She he calls it diseased. And it's oh, deceased. Oh, oh.
0: And they basically because they've died. This house now needs to be like for sale and sold. And this very eclectic, eccentric family buys this house. I think it's to avoid the dad from having like a midlife crisis psychotic I think this break. This is
1: the midlife crisis. Okay. All
0: right. Yeah. I have and, so much to say about them, but keep going. Yes. <laughs> yep. Um, so it's it's a, a mom, dad, and a stepmom. teenage daughter. It was yes, a stepmom, and she starts cha- the mom starts Catherine O'Hara starts changing everything. Cause she's very like artsy and wants everything to look great. And, and it is an old farmhouse and, uh, Judas Davis's, uh, hobby is wallpapering. So that <laughs> just explains a lot. Um, and so the only, so then the ghosts want to, they don't want their house to be changed or have people move in. So they try to find a way to get rid of the living people. Meanwhile, the only person who can see them is the young daughter. And it's because she's kind of an odd duck and she can see beyond the normal. I myself
1: am strange and unusual. Yes. Yes.
0: So um, and then it's just it's a comedy of errors or whatever to try to get the living people out. But then because they're kind of eccentric, they're like, oh, well, this is the newest thing. This is the newest fad to have ghosts in your house. So we're going to like, you know, have popularity because of it or have mm-hmm. parties and whatever. So they don't mind the ghosts, but the ghosts want to get rid of them and the ghosts can't. So they go to their last resort, which is uh, a ghoul for hire. Uh, what, what does he call himself? It's a. um, Oh, he's a bioexorcist. Bioexorcist. There we go. Uh, uh, which is, of course, Beetlejuice. And he comes with a whole bunch of rules, kind of like gremlins. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, and you know, chaos ensues. Uh, they end up having a nice little friendship between the ghosts and the living family, and they get rid of Beetlejuice.
1: I never know. There are so many things that I never noticed about this movie until this most recent one. Like I've seen this movie many times, but it's always been like, you know, on TV, your bits and pieces here and there, like not paying a full attention. I was fully paying attention to this movie from beginning to end, unedited, uncut for TV, whatever. Mm-hmm. I picked up so much more this time around than I ever have. And one of the things I picked up was at the end of the movie, Charles, who is the living husband slash father, was reading a book at the end that was like um, how it was basically like how to live happily with your ghost or something like that. It was like (laughs) it was the opposite of the handbook for the recently deceased. It was like the same publisher. It was it was clever. It was a clever little like addition there. I
0: have to say this movie is very clever. Yes, like I want to say, my favorite part of the whole thing is the concept of the afterlife.
1: Yes, and like
0: how you die and how like how like even just like people who committed suicide become civil servants and in, and in right. The afterlife. I never I was just that like, before. Yeah, that I was, was like, clever. oh okay. yeah, 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 all right, that's clever. Um.
1: And even like, cause she, so the, the receptionist, when they go to the afterlife, the receptionist like kind of throws a lot of the rules or, of the afterlife yeah. to you. And I I had never paid attention to that before, yep. but it was like you know, you're going to be, they're going to be stuck in the house for like 125 years or something like that. And you're only allowed three times that you can talk to your, your caseworker and you're using up one of those times right now. And it was just like, I I had never picked up all of those rules that they yeah. clearly had set in motion for this world building, which is genius. Yep. I, I thought it was, a, there's so, there's so many things that are it's well thought out clever. in this movie. Yeah. yeah. um, Good job. Good synopsis. All right. So you mentioned that you had never seen this all the way through. You've only seen bits and pieces. What were the parts that were familiar to you? The look of Beetlejuice, just mm. whenever he's like that, that like crazy look, um, which actually, sorry, not to interrupt you, but that's mm. the iconic suit, black and white striped suit. He's only wearing that at the tail end. Yeah, he's not wearing that for a long time. And I i didn't register that. But yep, um, the dancing, like oh,
0: scene at the table. It's iconic. And then uh, Winona <laughs> at the end when she's dancing. Yeah, but I never really like I don't know. I, I, that was it. That was really, I knew there was ghosts mm-hmm. and Oh, basically I remember um, like the look of some of the ghosts and like the scary faces that they made to like do that and like the the prosthetics and that kind mm-hmm. of stuff. So like the lady was cut in half um, the squished run over guy. Um, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And then like the the face that they make to scare them and stuff.
1: Um, I will say I mean this is this is quintessential Tim Burton right like this is the good years with Tim Burton I will also say that um, the production designer so I think he would be the one responsible for a lot of those aesthetics that we loved from this Mm -hmm. Um, because he also did Edward Scissorhands name is Bo Welch and I think he actually married Catherine O'Hara they met on set here here and they got married Um, Yeah, so he was the production designer. Art direction was Tom Duffield. Set decoration was Catherine Mann. And costume designer was Aggie Gerard Rogers. I just wanted to shout them out because aesthetically, like, no matter how many times you watch this movie, you're going to pick up something else. And it's just so visually engaging to watch this movie. I love it. And there were a lot of... um, homages to german expressionism so i'm just gonna get a little pretentious right there and okay, okay that's my psa is that like is that like the artistic like the 1930s like the arches and like yes, the that's exactly yeah. what it is okay. that that those asymmetrical arches yes cr- crazy okay. angles and like even like when they're walking the hallway was like doing that yeah um uh that was not a that was a visual reference i'm sorry podcasters <laughs> but <laughs> right <laughs>
0: Apparently the, the, who is the friend, the art artiste friend that <sighs> Otho Otho apparently at his funeral, they played the shake Sonora. Like he I was know. really like, I think he was really invested in this movie.
1: Like it was, it became his thing. I think it and was he his, really loved it. Yeah. I think it was his moment. And actually he kind of stole the show. I know we yeah, always talk he about did. those secondary characters, but he was.
0: He had some great oh, lines. He yeah. was awesome, and I want to like shout out like his character. We've seen this type of person in other movies. I, I, what was that movie? It's like the rich person's friend. It's oh, like the artiste, yes. like the patron.
1: Um, oh my god, Carlo Was it Carlos? Carlos? Oh, was, yeah, was Carlos? Um,
0: I know who you're talking about. It was about the the man Godfrey. My man Godfrey, maybe.
1: Yes, it was my man, Godfrey. Good call. But we've
0: had a couple movies where we have that, like, that, like, friend that kind of is the artiste that either is benefiting or is being bankrolled or just, yeah, like, something riding yeah. the
1: skirt tails of. Yeah. Yeah, I never registered that aspect of his character before, again, until this most recent viewing, because he Every time he referenced a part of his past, he was he was talking about a different occupation. So he's that person who just yeah. like flits from job to job. Yep. And I never registered that that was the character he was. Because when I was a kid, he was like this like pompous artiste type character. And I didn't know that he was actually like a fraud, <laughs> like, right. you know, yeah. not really an artiste. <laughs> My, the best example
0: of this, and this is the only quote I wrote down, is I th- I forget when it was, but they were sitting like when they had make, made additions to the house and it was like this outdoor, outdoor platform that kind of looked mm-hmm. like a living room mm-hmm. and it was his in design. And so it had a wall, yeah. two missing walls, and it was bizarre. And he goes, I know as much about the supernatural as I do interior design. And I thought that was so yeah. funny. So, cause I'm like interior design in this house, in this room that has no interior. Right. And, right.
1: Uh, yep. That's his, that's his character in the nutshell. It was real, it, I was like, yeah.
0: okay, there we go. That's, yep. that sums
1: him up right there. Oh <laughs> uh, yeah. Yeah. All right. So did you, so um, do you stand by the fact that your favorite part is um, the, the concept? concept of the, of the afterlife? Yeah. Yeah. That's fair. And I, I am in awe about, uh, about the fact that there is no underlying property. This is an original script. Somebody just came up with this. That's crazy to me, honestly. That's genius. Yeah. Because you just don't see that anymore. If you had, like, I nowadays, this would have been from a graphic novel. This would have started as a graphic novel. Yes. This would not yeah. have started as a movie.
0: Oh, I can see it totally, like, as a what's the Escher, MC type, Escher? type graphic novel, Absolutely. like all black and yeah. white. Yeah. Yeah kind
1: of trippy and yeah. yeah yep yep but yeah so fact, I think they that, did make a cartoon out of this didn't they I
0: now I feel like I've seen Winona Ryder's character as a
1: cartoon I wouldn't be surprised I mean of course they made it into a musical that's still going um Broadway that's actually pretty new ish yeah but just just the fact that back in the 80s you could have an original script with a crazy idea like this and a some studio somewhere is like yeah let's do it hmm I'm going to um, put um, Serena's hat on for a
0: second mm-hmm. and point out the music. music this is what it was Danny Elfman. Of and I think this it's was Danny Elfman. Of course, it's Danny Elfman. And I want to say that this was it was one of the first collabs between Burton and Elfman. And I think they do a lot together. I could be making that up.
1: I think it's like right. Spielberg is to John Williams as. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> so he's you're absolutely right. He's done Nightmare Before Christmas, Charlie and Chalk, Factory Corpse, Right. Like he he does Tim Burton movies. But especially with the opening credits, this particular soundtrack sounded like Men in Black mostly. Oh and which he okay. is also he's also, also done does, Men in yep. Black. But that was that's like kind of straying But yeah, Danny Elfman. I I have to say, and I'm not surprised that this is my favorite part now as an adult. My favorite part is Catherine O'Hara. <laughs> oh yeah. Which it's so funny. Sorry to cut you off. No, go for it.
0: You can see her like this was the beginnings of Moira.
1: Yes. Yeah, she she is. Oh, God, she just nails this role. And I had to do the I had to play the age game because I'm like when I was watching this as a kid, Charles and Delia, who are the, you know, mother, father were age appropriate to me and I didn't I never questioned it and not that they're not age appropriate but Catherine O'Hara is 34 in this movie
0: <laughs> oh so, wow
1: and I think Charles I think I think he's she's supposed to be the trophy wife I think mm-hmm. he you know like the second obviously she's the second wife but now I'm looking at. It, I'm like oh my god she's so young and now and of course you know as a kid I thought you know she's a full-grown adult of course she was but um <laughs> but yeah she was just she's just genius the way she she just goes all in on her characters yes yeah you know becomes those characters she is she's that failed artiste you know that like she wants to be famous but her stuff is crap and yeah that said I actually kind of liked her stuff like it they 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 fit (laughs) the aesthetic of what the movie was well yeah I think that was yeah
0: can I off of that can we discuss the mother-daughter relationship, the stepmother-daughter yes. relationship. Yes. And obviously, Lydia, Winona Ryder's character has a, like doesn't have really a great relationship with the stepmom right. for obvious reasons or whatever. But I and there are certain parts like towards the end when like she runs over. You do see Catherine O'Hara's character like like worry Embrace for her, and her, care for yeah. her. And, and is like this is my family. Like it's very much a family unit. It is. And I think it's, it's interesting that Lydia is at odds with her because she's just as weird as she is. Like they're right. both kind of odd. Whereas the dad is very straight laced. And all I can think of is, isn't he in Fer- Ferris Bueller? Yes, he is. He's the, he's that's the all, principal. He's yeah. the principal. Uh, that's all I can see for him. Yeah. So I don't see him being odd. Yeah. Whereas his wife kind of is. So you would think that her and Lydia
1: would get along really well. But And and in my they don't. In but. my head canon, after this movie they do, but I think yeah. a lot of it is that um Delia is so self-centered and so narcissistic that That's true. It, she doesn't allow for a relationship to blossom. Um but yeah, they they're very close to the same kind of weird. Yeah. 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 And we don't have a third person to ask what their favorite part was. What part I do we for- think yeah it was the, the music the music yeah. she would also call out the fashion oh yeah, yeah. um <laughs> especially um lydia's wedding dress at the end <laughs> and yep. i need to talk about um barbara's dress <laughs> barbara Gina oh Day's. yeah yeah because that is atrocious and every time i watch this i'm like yeah. oh god the dress her hair and the white too. tights and the oh my, oh, my god. God. Oh yeah. And the, the, um, shoulder pads on the dress. Yeah, oh yeah. God. It's just so bad. Like Adams. It, it is what it is. It's it, a t-shirt yeah, under it's... a flannel. That's fine. Whatever. But just <sighs> yeah,
0: it's painful. Is that, I mean, it was supposed to be present day. It was supposed to be eighties. Yeah. So I think that goes to show too, when you thought Catherine O'Hara seemed old to you, mm. people in the seventies and eighties, when once they passed 25
1: mm-hmm.
0: they were officially old yeah because the clothes they wear the the glasses they did how they did their hair
1: yep.
0: e- like and i'm like even if they didn't have a house and kids all of a sudden they were like
1: frumpy housewife yeah. there was you know what i mean and it was like well and i think that that was they were supposed they were trying to lean into the conservative house not conservative but like yeah frumpy frumpy housewife for barbara yeah. um but they were doing it on purpose for this oh, but yeah. it it that's how like that's just how reality was yeah yeah i got you when when in reality like honestly half of delia's wardrobe more than half of delia's wardrobe totally acceptable nowadays like oh, that yeah. would be like, yeah honestly the, the when she did the she had like um a glove wrapped around her head like a headband that would be that would be such a fashion statement right now <laughs> are you kidding me oh my god yep <laughs> All right. How is this movie millennial and did it impact our generation as a whole? I don't think this is a millennial movie. Really? Yes. Do you think it's an everybody movie? I think it's an everybody movie. Possibly if you had to put a generation on it, it would be a Gen X movie. And the reason I say that is because when it came out, it was not meant for the age group that, we, that millennials are. I'm trying to think when I watched it for the first time. I think I was was going to say my
0: counterpoint to you was it may have not been made for millennials when it was like in theaters, Mm -hmm. but because it is one of those movies that you would watch on TBS or something, we were, it would be our siblings watching Mm -hmm. like our older siblings or our parents watching it. And therefore we would have grown up with this movie. We were the syndicated
1: years we were the The syndicate. Yeah. We are the, like, we are, we are the
0: definition of syndicated.
1: Oh, we should. All right. New podcast idea. (laughs) The syndicated generation. Um, I think you are absolutely correct. Yeah. At some point every millennial has seen this movie. Um, and it's just, it's, it's just there. It's just there. And it's one of those movies where my family grew up quoting it the, the most popular, the most popular quote to come out of it for my family is who has more fun than us. Oh? <laughs> I mean, you know, your mother, you
0: no, know she says that is, a lot. <laughs> if Gina Davis's character and um, Catherine O'Hara's character had a baby, it would be your mother, it would be my mother. Yeah.
1: Yeah. So it, it was one of those weirdly it was a family movie where we all enjoyed it we all were able to kind of watch it and oh beetlejuice is on let's pick that for the movie tonight and whatever so yeah i think you're right i think okay i think you've swayed me i think it is a it is a millennial movie but it It was just a counterpoint it was an everybody movie it really is you know everybody can enjoy this movie i wonder i wonder if younger people are watching this movie i don't know um yes
0: you know why I think there was a resurgence of this movie when Nightmare Before Christmas came out, and I think that's still a millennial movie. But it's ninety-three, I, feel like, I think. Yeah. Oh, is it that really that old? Oh God. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Still, no, I
1: thought you were gonna say when Stranger Things came out because oh. we had a, a Winona Ryder resurgence. Ooh, that's true. Yeah, that is also true. Okay, all three of those things: Stranger
0: <laughs> Things, Beetlejuice, and what did I just say? Oh, uh, Nightmare Before Christmas. Mm-hmm. You could all go to Newberry Comics or Hot Topic and get all of those things right true, now. And true. I feel like all
1: of the, the younger kids, yep. if
0: they're that like strange gothy type
1: kid. Yeah. I meant that as a compliment. As a compliment. Absolutely. This those has always the been strong. That you, yeah, absolutely. You are absolutely correct. It's not it, instead of everybody watching it. Certain people are watching it, but it is still there. It's like a
0: cult classic type of thing. So if you like this, this, and this, you've seen Beetlejuice. Yeah.
1: And now that it's on Broadway and now that, I mean, I mean, not only has Winona Ryder had a resurgence, Catherine O'Hara has, Michael Kean has, it's just, yeah, you can't, you can't avoid this movie, whether, whether or not you want to watch it.
0: Do you want to know my millennial fun fact about this movie? Go for it. This is the first DVD that Netflix sent out in that. 1998.
1: Oh my God. That is beautiful. That is, I, I approve. I totally approve. This was approve. back when Netflix was discs sent to you yeah. in they the mail. They still do that. Side note, they still do that.
0: Don't they? Isn't the the lure of it is there's a bigger
1: collection. Yes. That's why there was a period, I want to say last year, maybe two years ago, where I was getting DVDs through Netflix because there were so many older movies that I wanted to watch, but they weren't streaming, but you could get them on DVD. So yeah. 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 That is, that is a good tie-in with millennials. All right. Boom. We fixed it. My only fix would
0: be, I like the practical effects, special effects that they had. It was kind of campy, but Mm -hmm. I liked it. It worked. And even like the dancing scenes or whatever. The only scene that I was like, I don't like this could have been done a little bit better was when Lydia was flying at the end. Yes, I agree. She totally looked like somebody. She's just standing still. She's just standing still and they just raise her up a little bit. Yeah. I'm like, you can peter pan that a little bit, right? Like, what right. is going on here? Like that, this is what she'd got an A on her math test for. Yeah. Like, or yeah. whatever she got. I was like, that was not that I agree with if
1: I was if I was her, I'd been like, dude, right. A little like, bit better.
0: Come on. Like, either like turn me into so- like a I don't know. It could have been the same effects. Like, I'm not saying they need to like make it was just you need to put a little bit extra effort in that. No, yeah. I agree with you.
1: I totally agree with you. And
0: I feel like that scene is so iconic. Or I think that because
1: that's one of the three scenes that I remember ever watching. But it is one of the more popular ones. Of course, the, you know, the dinner scene is the most yeah. iconic. Um, yeah. yeah, you're right. I guess that is one of the most iconic. It's funny because we're talking so much about Michael Keaton, who again had 15 minutes on the screen, mm-hmm. Catherine O'Hara, Jeffrey, Jeffrey Jones, Winona Ryder, Alec Baldwin, and Gina Davis were the main characters. And they were, were on the screen, screen honestly, the most.
0: <laughs> the, and they, I, I love both of them. Oh yeah. I yeah.
1: thought th- they did a great job. They did I did a good job. Yeah.
0: He, he was good too. He was, he was not the jerk. He was a good guy. Mm-hmm. Um, both of them, I thought played off each other really well. I thought they had great chemistry. Mm-hmm. Um, I even have a note here that says Alec Baldwin had the Bill Paxton haircut. He did did to a point where i
1: I, there were certain points where i did like a double check because i was like (sighs) is that bill paxton oh my god that's funny that's funny yeah young alec baldwin oh man um i was just gonna say oh and i again another thing that i'd never really pegged until this time around um barbara was saved the day at the end she was the hero at the end oh i'm sorry i meant bill pullman oh my god i knew who you meant okay Bill Pullman slash Beckson. Same. Yeah. Same, same Pullman same though. Person.
0: But I, <laughs> Pullman. I actually like Pullman better. Yes.
1: But it's also because we
0: were recent newsies. <laughs> oh my God. Yeah. Anyway, I'm sorry. I, I, it hurt my heart
1: that I said the wrong thing. All right. I'm sorry. Um, <laughs> She saved the, the, at the end. She was the one who saved the day. Yes. And I, I never pegged that before. She was like, we had a, a female heroine honestly, in that moment. Yeah. I was okay with that. She also punched the sandworm when they first the first time they encounter a sandworm
0: she yeah yep
1: she held her own yep in her um frumpy shoulder padded flower dress <laughs> yep
0: <laughs> it, it made me think like instead of feeling sorry for her that she was the housewife was that she chose that she wanted to be this she did and, you know what i mean like yeah she, if she wanted to be anything else or do anything else she would have but right. this is what she wanted to do. Well, and, and I'm they like, drive okay. that at
1: home right at the beginning when Jane comes over and it's like, oh my god, I got this off- offer for your house, and she's like, no, this is our house. Like she is yeah. so excited to be in this house. Yeah. Yeah, she chose this life. Yeah. 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 Which makes their characters even great, even more great. Like you're allowed to have main characters who like to build models and like to wallpaper their house and like it's okay. Yeah. (laughs) All right. Notes roundup. What has now become my favorite line, and I don't know why, but at the tail end of the movie, when Delia scares Charles with the Beetlejuice statue, and he falls out of his chair and she just goes, he likes it. Walks away. I loved that moment. That was beautiful. Go ahead. Um, I have a
0: couple of notes here Tim Burton he started like before he was a director he started in the art department of guess which cartoon he started
1: on Casper oh, oh my god no I don't know the black cauldron oh my god doesn't that make a that little is... bit of sense now yes all yeah. the sense in the world. <laughs> it that makes that makes the black cauldron make more sense. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Oh my Granted, god I don't know how
0: much control he had. I think he was just like a still a peon or whatever. But like still. that yeah. fits. That totally fits. Yep. on tim Burton. He did Pee-wee's Big Adventure in 85, Batman in 89. And this mm-hmm. was in between, right? This was. This was eighty
1: eight, yeah. So he- I I like that he brought Michael Keaton along with him. I almost yeah. feel like I wonder if this was like kind of an audition a little bit for him for Batman. Yeah, yeah.
0: One last thing about Tim Burton is he made a short Frank and Weenie. Uh, yes, I when Frank and Weenie came out, I as like the the most recent one, the actual full movie. It was mm-hmm. a cartoon, and I was just like, okay, this is Tim Burton, like. All right, this is oh, that's create. Yeah, you know, I was just so like, all right, over and, him. Yeah. I was so over him, and I was like, all right, this is not you know. And I was like, okay, it actually, give me a little bit respect for him. I was like, this was an original idea from earlier that you had started as a short, and now had. Ex- I'm like, okay, you know what? Respect. I apologize <laughs> for my earlier criticism, but good job. Okay, so I have two more comments I'd like
1: to make. Okay, <clears throat> one is. Sandworms, <laughs> you mean tremors, graboids, or yeah. dune? Um, yeah, or <laughs> thank you. Just is that like, is d- I mean, those aren't a thing, right? Like, God, or I is hope it just not. like a <laughs> um, when was like, when did tremors come out? 89? I, I think know. it was. I want to say, when did it the it original is- do or.
0: Well, the Dune book I think of Dune old. came out before. Yeah. I but like, like, is it just a now it's like a science fiction trope that people like I, I, I would love to know, Betsy, can you please write me the historical development of the, sand the sandworms?
1: You can include like Star Wars, Dune, Tremors, all so of the. I, I just Googled it. All I did was Google Tremors, Beetlejuice, Dune, because those three yeah, things. Uh, yep. And there's a screen rant. Um, article called every sci-fi movie that copied dunes sandworms and why <laughs> so okay. all right so it's been
0: written I just have to go out there and find it and read it yep yeah
1: I just I just
0: find it interesting like there's like a quote somewhere that's like vampires are a bad guy or a, or a monster in every culture and they're like and then of course it goes to like well it's because they're real type of thing you know what I mean mm-hmm. and the same with like I think dragons a little bit to some point they're like, they're in a lot of fairy tales and stuff. And it's like, well, why does it
1: persist? And, mm-hmm. um, fairy to- uh, fairies, elves, whatever word you want to put to it, that every single culture has that in their lore. Yeah. Yeah.
0: So I, I just, I think it's funny that, you know, that one's why becoming why why would- one, but <laughs> <Why>, yes, exactly.
1: <laughs> All right. Any other, any other notes?
0: I feel like I have I- a last one. Yeah. Go Did you? It. Sorry. No, go um, So usually I think we missed it when we were talking about it. We didn't we you had said that this isn't necessarily a millennial movie because it wasn't made for us. Yeah. So this came out in 88. I was three. Were you born? I was maybe born. (laughs) So the things I was watching, both of which scarred my life, the land before time, of course. And Who Framed Roger Rabbit? Uh, Oh, oh, (laughs) of course. So those were, that's both of which, well, maybe not Lambert for time. I shouldn't have been watching uh, Who Framed Roger Rabbit. That was not for kids. I'm like 99% sure I watched it at your house. Yeah, sounds like.
1: (laughs) All right. I think those are all the notes that I have. I mean, I honestly, I could talk about the set design all day on this movie,
0: I feel like I could too, except that I feel like there are other people that are more educated yeah. that have better things to say <laughs> other than, and it was cool. It was like shapes.
1: <laughs> <laughs> um, all right. Martini shot. Would you recommend this movie? Yeah, I would. It's yeah. fun. Yeah I, would. yeah, I mean, everyone will get something out of it. Yeah. 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 Um, so what other movies um, are you, or TV shows have you been watching and would you recommend? I am watching at the moment. I'm watching Bridgerton. Is that how you pronounce it? It is how you pronounce it. Um, I really like it. I don't know why I shouldn't like it. <laughs> oh, no, no, no. I mean, it's very popular. It Honestly, it's one of those where it's just not my cup of tea, even though you would think it would be my cup of tea. But I don't object to like, I understand why people like it, you know? So because of you, Bets, I have now read
0: Pride and Prejudice, Sense and Sensibility. I'm so proud um, of you. Um, uh, Northinger Abbey, Northinger Abbey. Yeah. So I want to say that this is prime Northinger Abbey because I feel like there was a lot more rules to etiquette in Northinger Abbey. Yeah. Yeah. It was um, one of the early ones that she wrote, which, which out of all of them is my favorite of all the Austins is my favorite. And then I really, really like the lady Sherlock series, which is kind of just this like twist on the Regency error type. It's. I guess it's a little bit later than that, but it's still that like the woman needs a man to to provide for her and has to have a dowry and all this kind of stuff. And this has those modern twists that I really like.
1: I was just going to say you like world of you like Regency period with modern twist. Yes. Yeah. Yep. And this is this is all that. So. Yep. That's fair. Um, I'm a fan. How about you? I have been watching. And I don't know why, but call the midwife. Um, Yeah, I've just been like running through its great background. It's it's I call it cozy TV. It's just cozy TV. You don't it's not really complex storylines or anything like that. You get to know the characters and you're just following the characters. So you can kind of jump in and out as you need to without without any super high stakes, you know, mm-hmm. um, and it's set in the fifties. Um, well, now they're in the sixties and the seasons I'm watching set in East East end. And it's just, it's just cozy TV. It's just good stuff. So um, I love cozy TV. I don't like cozy books. Oh, same, same. If I'm reading, I need to, my mind needs to be like engaged and active. Yes. It needs to be like, Not complicated, but like it needs to have some
0: depth to it. If I'm spending the time and effort to read, it needs to be more than I hate cozy mysteries. I hate, oh God, no, and like cozy romances or whatever. And I was, but like, I will watch a Hallmark movie
1: all day long. Absolutely. Because
0: I don't have to pay attention to it all, like my whole attention span. It can just be in the background. I can just do other things and have it be a nice little whatever. Whereas a book, I'm like, You require too much of my attention to be half-assed.
1: That's exactly correct. (laughs) That is, yes, what you said. So are we ready to find out what the next movie is going to be? Oh, okay. Yeah. I forgot we did this. (laughs) You get excited every single time. I do get excited every time. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, the big Lebowski. (laughs) You know what? I'm okay with that. Okay. I've,
0: I've, I've only, I've tried watching it once.
1: I have seen it once. I have seen it once. I've only tried it's an elder millennial. It's definitely a hard elder millennial movie. Um, but yeah, I think this will be an interesting one. Okay i will be very interested to see what serena says about this movie i bet she likes it i think she's gonna like it (laughs) Yep. thanks for joining us if you like what you hear you can find more great episodes over on our website www.millennialsinthemoviehouse.com or wherever you find your podcasts curious about updates extras from our episodes or want to add your two cents about a reviewed movie we're also on twitter and instagram our handle for both is at the movie millies check us out and make sure to follow us so until next time we're millennials and we'll we'll see see the movie house (laughs) it worked it worked I'll take it I'll take it